Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. 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 Hello, hello, hello. Knock, knock. Hello. Who's there? Knock, knock. Hello. hello. <laughs> um, welcome to this week's episode of Don't Watch List. That's Elise. That's Claire. <laughs> I just wanted to try something new. Did, Don't look like, at me like that. me off guard. <laughs> you know my name. Like, questionable. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. We never use what our if, names. What if I've known you for, what, like, five years now? Yeah, something five like that. Five years now? And I just didn't know your name and it's just never come up. Yeah. Well, and I imagine you've been, you know, trying to make it come up for years at this point. Yeah. And it just never happened naturally. Like, I would talk to your roommates and be like, yeah, your roommate <laughs> is great, huh? And they'd just be like... person. Love, love them. Yeah. Yep. They're great. Their name, by the way, is... I love hearing it. Do you... Do, it's do, such a good name. You... Do you how wanna, do you say their name, actually? Oh, I just say it the normal... However you say it. I... I say it the normal way. Could you give us, you know, an example of that? Yeah. Like, like just think of the normal way you'd normally say it. That's how I say it. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I think that's how they like their name said, so I'm glad we're in the clear on that. <laughs> and it's been working for, like, five years, but suddenly, today on our podcast episode... I was expecting you... To know your name. The only Very issue... The only issue with this... Mm-hmm. I see only one flaw. Right. Is that we say our names at the start of every podcast episode. You think I listen to you? You write the episode descriptions. Yeah, this is facts. I've been I've been caught. Yep. Yeah. You tried to bamboozle. I tried to bamboozle. You're I usually much better at bamboozling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you, I did convince you that one time. I don't want to talk about that. You know what? Bamboozle would be pretty good. We're going to talk about that one at Christmas time. Okay. Because that okay. feels... It does feel very yeah. topical for, for Christmas time. Um, and then it, it it gives me time to prepare. To mentally ready yourself. Yeah. It yeah. was embarrassing, folks. It was really good. <laughs> little teaser for y'all. Coming you have to keep, up. You have to keep listening all the way to Christmas time. Stay tuned. Next time on Don't Watch List. <laughs> um, okay. I have something that I think will intrigue you. Uh, okay. Because you are <clears throat> just pretentious enough. Just pretentious To appreciate this. Alright. So I was in a writing workshop the other day at work. That's so pretentious. I I haven't even gotten to how pretentious it is, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was with people who write all day for a living. um, And, you know, they were training us on how we can think about writing um, gift acknowledgement letters. And, you know, specifically how we can think about going about writing for someone else. Because I do a lot of that in my role, is I write something... Uh, from the perspective of my boss or my boss's boss, things like that. Like ghostwriting, right? Exactly, ghostwriting. Um, and so they were talking about, you know, you can get a feel oftentimes for, you know, their stylistic choices, what sort of tones the person you're writing for uses, any words that they keep going back to, and specifically any sort of, like, grammar things that they like to do, like little neat grammar tricks that they tend to do. Like maybe they like M dashes more than they like commas, That's things mean. like that. Yeah. Well, I like both. I use as many M dashes and as many commas as humanly possible. You just have a lot of really long sentences then. Yeah. That's great. And I pause a ton. Oh, I love that. Very periodically. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, she gave an example um, called a Ciceronian triad. Oh. I knew, your eyes lit up the second I said it. 
So is this already in tried? It sounds really fancy, right? Mm. But it's really simple. And as soon as I say it, you're going to go, oh, it's that thing. Mm. So a Ciceronian triad is when you say something along the lines of, your gift will A, B, and slightly longer C. And that's a Ciceronian triad. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah. See, I knew you'd say, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought it was fun, and I, um, as soon as she said it, she was like, oh, and y'all can just drop that in at a party at some point, you know, it's a little fun fact for you to entice the crowd with, and I, yes, I knew immediately this is where I would drop in that little nugget of information. I love that. Yeah. I'm gonna use that all the time. I hope you do. Ciceronian triad. Ciceronian triad. Mm. Can you give us an example of a Ciceronian triad? Being my friend will get you... Good food, good laughs, and into a lot of trouble. I love that. Yeah, it's it's you know, it could use some workshopping. I certainly wouldn't have that in a final draft. No. How about you try it out? Take us for a spin. My favorite things about being your friend are good laughs, good food, and getting into a lot of trouble. So I have some notes. Yes. That's exactly what I said. Mm hmm. Great. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, do you have I'm, any. I'm nothing if not unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything else for us? Mm. Just that it's kind of getting into that crispy part of the fall season. Mm. I don't know if it's crispy where you all are at. But it's pretty crispy here Mm -hmm. and where I'm from. So I'm in Boston right now. Mm. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you're in Boston right now. Um, Which is very far from North Carolina where I am usually based. Yeah, two-hour flight. And it's very crispy there as well, but slightly less so. I would say substantially less so. Yeah, but it's still that time of the season where you want, like, the warmer drinks. So chai lattes are really good Mm. right now. They just hit extra well. Yes. But you know what hits the most? What? That I have not had yet this season. What? Mold wine. Oh, I had a mold apple cider recently. Not so the good. same, but close. Not the same. And I didn't even realize that I liked mold wine until I tried it. And then I, I never want to go back. That it's shit so hits. Delicious. It hits. So highly recommend try your first mold wine of the year at some point. Perhaps Thanksgiving, mm. question mark, if you celebrate that. Um, or just on your own as a fancy little treat. If you happen to be in Boston, you can either go to the Boston Public Market BPN. or you can go to the Soa Winter Festival, which opens on the 4th, I believe, of December. And both of those places have a bunch of stands that sell like mold wine syrup. And all mm-hmm. you do is you, you know, warm up a whole bottle of like red wine and mm-hmm. you pour in a little bit of the mold wine syrup and you have a perfect mold wine and you can add, you know, some oranges or cranberries or something to it. Yeah, spice it up to your taste. And it's very sweet, it's very warm, and it's so good. Yeah, so shout out to them, whoever they are that are selling the mold wines. My favorite is Wood Stove Products. They make a very good mulling syrup. Uh, that's made in New Hampshire. I wanna, I wanna be clear because you know, I imagine mm. listening back to this, we're we're gonna realize that it sounds very suspiciously like a sponsorship. We it's are not, not sponsored. No, we're not sponsored. We just really like buying things. Yeah, especially mold wine. Once the yeah. air turns crispy. Once the air turns crispy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so in that case, we have something a little bit different for you today. Yes. Um, something in line with the season. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only fair that Elise introduces what we're doing because it's sort of an offshoot of a TV show that she has done on our podcast before. It was. So, <clears throat> as you all know, it is the Thanksgiving season. And as you all also know, hopefully, if you're dedicated listeners, we have previously covered, I have previously covered Gossip Girl, Mm. which is the pinnacle of trash television. Mm. We all agree. Well, I mean, you did write it into the description without my knowledge or approval. Um, Just because it's true. It's a fact. No, it's true. It's very true. I can't, I couldn't even argue with it. I couldn't even pretend to be upset exactly. about it. Exactly. Just because it's it rings true in a way that nothing else has yes. ever rung true for me in my life. Yes. Um, that felt very deep. It wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, folks. Anyway, so what we're doing is Gossip Girl, their holiday episode, much like Pretty Little Liars' like specialty holiday episode was always Halloween. Mm-hmm. The Gossip Girl specialty holo- holiday episode was almost always Thanksgiving. Almost always? What could that mean? I'll tell you, Claire. <laughs> so, they have a Thanksgiving episode for all six of their seasons, except for... Season five. five. I thought you were going to let me have that one. I wanted to take it from you. I need everyone to know, we had an argument, probably for 15 minutes actually, screaming at each other last night in my apartment. Screaming is bull. We were yelling. (laughs) Yelling yelling minimum. (laughs) In a very, very lighthearted way. In a very loving way, yes. Um, About whether or not we needed to include the disclaimer that there was no season five Thanksgiving episode. Um, and Elise really wanted to announce it. I thought it was unnecessary. So send us an email at don'twatchlist at gmail.com and let us know if we should have told you or if we should have just let it lie. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear hear the audience's thoughts yeah. on this. Yeah, me too. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take each Thanksgiving episode that was present in Gossip Girl mm-hmm. and rank them according to how much we enjoyed them. Yes. According to kind of talk about the merits, the demerits. We have certain merit points based Mm -hmm. on certain factors that we'll get into. Certain demerit points that are also based on certain factors that we'll get into. (laughs) Um, And we're just going to go from worst to best here. Yeah, and I want to clarify, we are going to give you the highlights of the drama that is happening in each episode as well, because that heavily influenced both of our decisions Mm -hmm. in how we were ranking. Um, We both ranked separately, and then we came to an agreement over our final official ranking. There was some haggling to be had. Some bartering. Yes, some tradesies, if you will. Exchange or two. (laughs) All right, so let's get into it. I'm excited about this. Yes. So naturally, coming in place six, the very, very worst Thanksgiving episode. Which is still a great Thanksgiving episode, I want to be clear. Is season five the episode that did not exist? Oh no. Scratch that. Did you mess up? I messed up. (laughs) Season five, the episode that did not exist. Never mind, it wasn't a good episode, folks. Because why, Claire? Because it didn't exist. (laughs) Coming up in fifth place, however, which... It's still a great Thanksgiving episode. Was season one. So this season, 
they were just establishing their Thanksgiving episode, holiday specialty episode cadence. Mm -hmm. So we got to give it like a little bit of credit for that. Yes. So that was a little bit of a merit, I thought. Um, But the background of this episode was really comparing old Serena, who for those of those of our listeners who aren't familiar with Gossip Girl um, or aren't that familiar with Gossip Girl, Serena is like kind of the it girl blonde. She used to be super wild. Now she's, you know, kind of reforming herself. Um, We're getting a lot of flashbacks between her old life and her current life. And specifically to last Thanksgiving where she like went crazy. Exactly. She was abusing a lot of drugs. I assumed drugs. I assumed drugs as well. A lot of alcohol, um, just kind of a real messy version of herself Mm -hmm. and we also see in the flashbacks of this episode dan completely obsessed with her completely in love with her but she does not know he exists they have a couple conversations but overall they don't really interact that much but we just see dan kind of pining for her Mm -hmm. but in the present day they're together Mm -hmm. so we see a lot of that juxtaposition which is really good um we also see uh, a lot of the tension that's happening between Serena and Blair because Blair's still kind of mad at Serena for having hooked up with Nate and there's this whole kind of complication about how Serena just found out that Blair slept with Chuck which is another mutual friend of theirs so they're like slut shaming each other all over the place um everybody's kicked out of Blair's family's Thanksgiving and so Serena's family is invited to Dan's house Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. Little knowns to them, their parents used to date. Mm -hmm. So Dan's mom is also invited to that Thanksgiving and they're having a lot of issues in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of blows up at Dan's, you know, family Thanksgiving and everyone goes home angry with everybody else. Yep. Well, and the Vanderwoodsons um, establish a motif as well. They end up going to a trashy diner where they eat french fries. Yes. And they do that almost mm-hmm. every Thanksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. Another motif that is established in this episode is Blair wants to go to Paris to see her dad. Mm-hmm. She always wants to spend Thanksgiving with her dad. Um, but her dad and her mom are divorced. And so she always ends up you know, wanting to go to Paris for some it reason never does, doesn't happen. But she puts a lot of emotional, what is it called? Emotional work, reliance, reliance expectations. expectations on her dad's pie. Mm, yes. That he makes every Thanksgiving. And she has like a huge emotional attachment to this. And so that's another motif that we see established yes. in this episode as well. Yeah. That was a great summary. I have nothing to add. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Oh, actually, I will add one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so another motif in all of the Thanksgiving episodes is um, Nate's relationship with his dad. Um, yes. It goes through a lot of ups and downs. His dad, like, embezzled or something to try and, like, you know, prove his masculinity because his wife is the breadwinner. It was a very strange dynamic of a relationship <laughs> that they had. Um, but for this Thanksgiving, he ends up having a heart attack. Um, and so you see them in the hospital sort of caring for them, and it establishes how much Nate really cares about his dad. Yeah. Um, which is interesting in, in considering later Thanksgiving yeah. relationships that they have. That relationship will have a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, very, very roller coaster yeah. <laughs> what are some of the merits and demerits of this episode? I'll, I'll say, first demerit, there's yes. no Chuck in this episode. No Chuck. Not a single Chuck. 
a secondary demerit. Jenny is in the episode. Mm, hate Jenny. Jenny Demerit. Jenny Demerit. Everyone hates She's Jenny. She's the worst character. She's so whiny. She's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I will say uh, one merit is, so at dinner at one point, um, it comes out that Rufus wrote a song called Sandalwood, I think was the name Sandal. of the song. Uh, Rosewood. 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 That's what it was. And so he had told his ex-wife, mm. Dan and Jenny's mother, that he wrote the song about her because she used to wear a perfume that was rose and sandalwood, so. Mm-hmm. Rosewood. So it was rosewood. It was rosewood. However, um, Lily had a horse that was named Rosewood. And so it comes out that the song potentially could have been about her. Now, my question is. What is What does that song sound like? That that song could potentially be about either perfume or a horse. Oh, baby, I love your rosewood. <laughs> Give me that rosewood all... I love smelling rosewood. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it went. That was a really beautiful song. I actually heard a behind-the-scenes tape of... Oh, uh, like Rufus. never released? Yeah, never released. And that was me playing the recording of it. Oh, yeah. You pulled out your phone to play something just then. Yeah, you saw yeah, it, right? I saw you do that, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a good thing this is a podcast and not a <laughs> live stream or something. So I lie to my listeners. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I, have a, I have a pretty big demerit, actually. What's your big demerit? So Blair in the early seasons has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, she has bulimia. And I think the way that they handle it in this episode is so frustrating. Um, so she finds out that her dad isn't going to be visiting for Paris from Paris for Thanksgiving. Um, and she gets into an argument with her mom about it. And her mom tells her to, like, eat dessert and be quiet, essentially. And so she runs off and she eats an entire pie. She has this, like, horrible binge. Um, and then, you know, Serena comes and saves the day, which is nice, and I think we can talk about that, like, their relationship is really interesting, but, you know, I just thought it was just a really unrealistic portrayal, and then in later seasons, anytime her eating disorder comes up, it's always just, like, quippy, and sort of like, oh, I'm over that now, it was never that serious, and I just didn't like the way that they handled it. Yeah, it's often, like, brushed off as a joke, almost, Yeah, where it's brought up, and then she's like, oh, of course it's not that, it's this other thing. Right. But it shouldn't be of a, uh, of course it's not that. Because, like, it could theoretically come back at any point in Absolutely. time. Absolutely. That's, that's how, how it dis- works, yeah. unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it did show a really nice part of Serena and Blair's friendship. Because, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, they were in this huge argument at the time. They were really, they were, like, slut-shaming each other. They were yelling at each yeah. other. They were really annoyed with each other. But when Blair was really in trouble, when she was really hurting... Serena dropped everything. Yeah. Didn't even question going over to help support her. And I thought that was a really nice, um, showing the non-catty side of their friendship. Like, the genuine side of their friendship. Yeah, absolutely. I have a question, Mm -hmm. actually, based on that. Because I, 
I find myself both incredibly frustrated by their friendships at times, and also I really love their friendship a lot of yeah. other times. And I'm curious, so, you know, we have our, like, rankings, or our, our scale with which we judge trashy TV, and relationships are a big part of that, and specifically a relationship that you root for. And oftentimes we focus on a romantic relationship for that, but I don't think it needs to be a romantic relationship, at least no, from my perspective. Not at all. So I'm curious if Blair and Serena are a relationship that you root for, because I can definitely see an argument where it's not where they're so toxic to each other that the good just doesn't outweigh the bad but I'm curious if you have thoughts on this I think I thought a lot about this mm. and I think it is ultimately a relationship that I root for yeah because you love to see the growth of them moving mm-hmm. from high school to college and when they just drop college and of forget course. about it and beyond <laughs> where at first, like, in college, or uh, in high school, they would have these petty arguments, and they would just be really catty to each other all the time. And don't get me wrong, Blair's catty quips when she's mad at Serena. Oh my god, they're incredible. Top tier. Yes. No um, one is funnier than an angry Blair. No one is funnier than an angry Blair, who just completely looks down on everything <laughs> they're doing. Um, but the moments where they kind of come together are so sweet and genuine that I think you can't help but root for them to continue that growth going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Great. Another one last merit I want to mm-hmm. give of this episode is it had a lot of demerits. It was kind of stumbly in the beginning. Mm-hmm. All of the dramas were kind of like separated and distinct. Mm. And Yeah, that's I, a good note actually. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of cohesion. Exactly. Where I love drama that's like all kind of interconnected and mm-hmm. overlapping. Yeah. Like, that's my favorite And Gossip Girl is so good at that sort of drama where like this person yes. is having drama with you but also this person and it's because of something that happened with that person three seasons ago. Exactly. Yeah, that's I love that. That's my favorite. So this was still kind of getting that started which is why I think it ranked so poorly. Yeah. And it's, it's the first one. It makes sense that they hadn't really found that their niche yet. Exactly. Had found their rhythm um I will say they had a couple good quips such good quips I have I have a good quip written down you go first so one of my favorite quips happened when the Vanderwood sins so Serena's family had gotten kicked out of the Waldorf Thanksgiving so they were gonna have to figure out Thanksgiving together they hadn't Mm. decided on going to um the what kind of restaurant was it just like a random yeah it was just a diner yeah to get french fries for Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Um, but Serena's mom, who doesn't know how to cook, because mm. she's super rich, people have always Yeah, she's never had her. to cook. Yeah. She's looking in this market for things to cook. Mm. How to whip up a Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. Um, she stops by a vegetable stand. Yeah. Picks up a raw pumpkin, mm. turns to Serena and her little brother Eric and says, this is festive, yes? <laughs> something along the lines of yeah of course we'll eat a raw pumpkin for thanksgiving thank you mom this is gonna be great this is gonna work out (laughs) terrifically that was was my top quip i think that was a great quip Mm. so my quip um was when rufus and lily were um you know arguing about um lily just like being a presence in Rufus's life, which obviously Rufus's ex-wife didn't really want, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they were talking about how they had never actually had an affair, so, you know, nothing was wrong, um, and Lily said, oh, please, emotional affairs are necessary to keep an, a marriage alive. Lily, you've had four marriages by this point? Yeah, to be, like, five or six, I think, by the yeah. end of the show. I don't think you should be... 
an expert on what mm. keeps a marriage alive. Perhaps the emotional affairs are the problem. I think that's they what might it be was. the problem. They might be the problem, mm-hmm. Lily. <laughs> Fantastic quips in this episode. Great quips, yeah. but only only a handful. Yeah, wasn't full of quips by any means. Yeah, no, it was not equipped. So what's uh, up next? <laughs> I think you're uh, moving up up in the rankings. Yes, I will move us up happily. Um, so, our fourth place show is similar mm-hmm. to our fifth place show in that it was very early on in the series. It was season two, episode 11, called The Magnificent Archibald. Oh, season one was episode nine, Blair Waldorf Must Pie, by the way. I forgot. Are to you just going to steal my thunder like that? Go ahead. I, I'm re, re-gifting your thunder back to you. Thank you. So season two, episode 11, The Magnificent Archibalds. Um, and the Archibalds are Nate's family. So again, this is going back to that motif of um, Nate's drama. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's a lot happening in this episode. So Jenny has been on sort of like her bad girl wannabe phase where she stopped going to school. She started working as a fashion designer for Blair's mother um, and of course, when that stopped working, her dad was like, no, you, no, you have to go to school. You're like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I'm gonna get emancipated instead. Jenny, you're an idiot. Yeah. And so dumb. She's so and stupid. And just an awful person to your dad, quite yeah. frankly. So she's been staying with Eric while Eric's family, like his mom and his sister, are out of town. And then they come back and find out and they find the emancipation papers. So a lot of the episode is focused on... Jenny and her dad trying to, like, resolve this conflict of her trying to get um, emancipated. Another thing that is happening is that Nate's dad, um, there's an arrest warrant out for him. He hasn't been arrested because he ran away to Dominica. Um, And he came back and he wore a very nice white sweater and told his son and his wife that he would like them to also come to Dominica with him. They're not going to do that. That's they're not going to do that. Nate's like a senior in high school. He has friends in New York that he loves a lot. Also, there's a warrant for your arrest. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we also see one of my favorite developments of the episode is um, Chuck and Eric get really close. Yeah. And they start to try and, like, sabotage Chuck's dad a little bit. Um, And so, you know, they're hunting around trying to, like, find out shady shit that Chuck's dad, Bart, is doing just to mess with him. Like, truly for no other reason. Just purely because fuck this guy. Honestly. (laughs) And then the biggest um, drama point, I think, of this episode is Serena's boyfriend drama. So Serena is dating... The son of Blair's soon-to-be stepfather, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's this, like, artist guy. And, you know, when he and Serena first started dating, he had told her, I'm not really an exclusive kind of person. I wanted to keep dating other people. And Serena pretended like she was okay with that, even though she totally wasn't okay with that. And then eventually... He was like, just so you know, I think I'm going to stop seeing other people. Like, I think I'm ready for that. And so she was really excited 
Until he admitted that he is sober and he doesn't, you know, really like to be around people who party. And, of course, as we all know, Serena's a bit of a party girl. I mean, less so than in her past, but certainly still a party girl. Um, And so she's trying to hide this from him. Dan doesn't know that she's trying to hide this from him. So he runs into her boyfriend in a store and accidentally reveals that Serena's a party girl. So there's a lot of drama that unfolds there and some quips as well. Love Love a good quip. So yeah, I mean, that's what's going on. Is there anything you would add to that? Yeah. Part of the reason why Chuck and Eric were trying to Mm. mess with his dad was because they found out that he actually has a PI on Mm -hmm. retainer. For his entire family. Oh, yeah. So he was just investigating his private, her, his entire family yeah. without them knowing about it and just yeah. had folders on all their entire lives. Sweetie, that's what rich people do. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. It's so gross. It's so gross. Uh, and so naturally, Eric was like quite wigged out by this. Yeah. Um, Unhappy. Yeah. So that also contributed to a lot of the drama that, that unfolded. Mm-hmm. I will say, I'll, may I start things off with my major demerit of this episode? I would love you to do that. The quality of the drama isn't great. See, I, I, there was, I don't know that I agree. Like, my, I'll, I'll give you the summary. My main merit, lots of quips. Quips So many quips. Great quips. Yeah. Quip after quip. Quip after quip after quip. And yet, the drama, like, Serena hiding something... Like, a minor, well, not a minor part, because, like, I guess that's a pretty major part of her personality is that she's a party girl, but, like, hiding the fact that she drinks from her boyfriend, when, like, eventually he'll be cool with that anyway. Mm. And, like, Bart having a PI on retainer for his entire family, like you said, that's, like, a rich people thing. Mm. Like, that's not completely, like, groundbreaking. Like, nobody murdered anybody, nobody had an affair with anybody, like, I, I just feel like there was no explosive drama that I wanted. Yeah. And all the dramas were, like, very distinctly separated from each other. Honestly, hearing you line it up like that, I can see that. Especially when, like, later in the series, the, like, drama becomes, like, people selling each other for hotels. Exactly. And, like, um, you know, dating a prince who's lying about being poor just because he'll want to see if, if he'll date you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you'll date him if he's still poor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see what you mean. It's all very mundane, is yes, what it is. Yes. Yeah. It's like your garden variety, shitty family Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know? It's nothing, it's nothing special. And I want it special. But the quips were unparalleled. The quips are really great. Um, one that particularly stood out to me. I think it's probably the same, <laughs> same one that particularly stuck out to me. So this is when um, Dan runs into Aaron in the little bodega, which also another running theme that is established in the Thanksgiving episodes. They're always in the same bodega for whatever reason. And the bodega never shows up, as far as I'm aware, throughout the rest of the season. Not that I know of. And also everything you need in the bodega is in the same aisle. They just change the aisle each season. Mm -hmm. They congregate in a different aisle every season. So like one season... It's the aisle that, for some reason, has, like, pickles and also turkey and And also dairy products and also hummus. And then another one, it's, like, the meat counter or, Mm -hmm. like, whatever. But no one ever needs anything from a different aisle. No, they're always in the same aisle. Every single scene in that contained episode is in that aisle. it's in that aisle. So, anyways, they're in that bodega. Mm -hmm. In that Um, aisle. In that aisle. Um, This time, I think it's around a stand that has, like, baskets. Yes. I think Mm -hmm. that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Um... And 
Aaron and Dan run into each other, and they, they know of each other, and Aaron just looks at Dan and says, well, if it isn't the last person I wanted to see. And Dan, understandably enough, is just like, <laughs> can I help you? Like, can you imagine someone you barely know just walking up to you in a bodega on Thanksgiving saying... Well, if it isn't the last person I wanted to see. And I want to stress, it's Aaron walking up to Dan <laughs> saying this. Dan's just minding like, his own business. Like, he could have just not talked to Dan. That was an option. Dan was admiring all of the cards <laughs> on this little stand. Um, but yeah, that was that was definitely my favorite quip. Yeah. Um, one merit that, uh, we I mean, we've already revealed this, so it's not like a big surprise, but there is um, a Chuck merit. Chuck mm-hmm. is in this episode. Yes. And specifically, so Chuck's style goes through a lot of different... Ups and downs. <clears throat> um, adventures, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> and for some reason in this episode, he had like, sort of curly hair sort of like laying down in front of his face. It was like if you had really curly hair that you like really tried hard to flatten but not quite hard Right. Enough. Right. Like it was still peeking out like just you didn't a little straighten bit it at all. You just no, tried to you flatten just, it with gel, yeah. right? <laughs> and he's wearing like a suit, of course, because he always does and it's like pinstriped and I think it's like a bright red tie if I'm remembering correctly. Something like that, yeah. Like it's very like ostentatious and like stands out. Yes. Um and truly he just looks like he's daddy's special boy. Daddy's special boy. Like absolutely. a little like a little German child. Like he's just trying to impress all the adults in his life. Right. <laughs> but he looks incredible and I'm so I glad. Guess. I think Chuck elevates the episode so much. I mean the guy who plays him, I don't actually know the actor's name. Ed something or other. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> he's like such a, he's such a good actor. His facial expressions are always incredible. He purses his lips in a way that just, there's so much judgment in it. And so much I'm better than you in it. He's also the expert of, when he's not involved in a scene, when he's just like <laughs> in the background doing his own yeah. thing, he will still react to what's up, whatever's yeah. going on. I don't know if this happened in this episode. I think it, I think it did. But... There are two people having a conversation. I think it's, like, Nate and Vanessa. I think it's Vanessa, yeah. yeah. And they're talking with each other, a very private conversation, <laughs> and... Chuck's standing, like, five feet away. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna give you two some space. He walks two feet. <laughs> he walks, like, a couple steps away. And he's just staring at them the whole time. <laughs> he's not, not giving them any privacy. No, no privacy. He's, like, looking at them... Nods a little bit, makes a facial expression. <laughs> then, then Vanessa eventually walks away, and so he like looks down as if he was not just reacting, <laughs> live reacting to their entire conversation. He does that all the time, and I love that. Also, he walks over to Nate and suggests that they go get drunk together, which is another motif that pops up in a lot of the Thanksgiving episodes, yeah. is Nate and Chuck go get drunk at the end of the episode. I think that's established in season two, actually. I think so, because yeah. he wasn't in season one. No. So. Right, he wasn't in season one, so we wouldn't have gotten the chance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really what pushed it over the edge from season one to me, mm-hmm. is that it had... Chuck in it. And it had more quips. And more quips. And the introduction of Cyrus. I really love Cyrus. Cyrus is Blair's soon-to-be 
stepfather. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes with a catchphrase. Comes built in with a catchphrase. How could you ask for more? He's just a wonderful man. What's what's the catchphrase? Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> so he'll like give someone a hug, and then they'll pull away, and he'll say, "Not, Not enough." enough. And hug again. It's so cute. I love a good catchphrase. Sweet, sweet man. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Elise, you want to take us away to um, the third in our ranking? Yes. So third in our ranking is season four, (gasps) which is episode 10 called Gaslit. Gatekeep Girl Boss? No, just Gaslit. I'm pretty sure it's Gaslit Gatekeep Girl Boss. No, it's just Gaslit. At least we talked about this before the podcast. We didn't talk it's about it. It's actually really embarrassing that I've already been through this and we talked about it and I don't understand. It's like you never listened you to me. You literally didn't tell me anything about this. We you do this all this the time. You do this all the Are time you when you act like me? <laughs> Is this a thematic gaslighting? Twas a quip. <laughs> this episode um is that Serena had just gotten like drugged kidnapped like she had gotten taken the fuck down yeah by this relative rando Juliet mm-hmm. and Juliet she's doing all this horror these horrible things to Serena because her brother is in jail for having had inappropriate relations with Serena when she was in, I think it was high school or grade school or something like that, when she was very young, Um, which there was nothing physical that happened, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of, like, inappropriate things that, in my opinion, occurred. Definitely. Like, they would spend time together outside of school, alone, Mm one-on-one, like, they would flirt with each other, they would grab coffee with each other. It was still, like, a very inappropriate relationship. Maybe not worthy of jail, but just, like, disciplinary action or something like that. But he wasn't, like, as innocent as he he thought he was. not innocent, yeah. Um, And I I think it's important to note, he's in jail because Serena's mother, Lily, uh, like, reported him for actually having an affair, like, a mm-hmm. physical affair with Serena. Yeah. Which Serena knew nothing about. Serena had no idea that this guy was in jail. But Juliet thinks that she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this guy thinks that he's super innocent and wants to get revenge on Serena for, like, putting him in jail, even though, one, he's not innocent, mm-hmm. and two, it wasn't Serena. Yeah. So that's kind of the backstory of why Juliet was doing these horrible mm-hmm. things to Serena. Um, so right before this episode occurred, Serena wakes up in a hotel room. She has a lot of pills that had been forced down her throat. She's very confused. She doesn't know how she got there or what state she's in. Um, and so in this episode, she's brought to a hospital and all of her family and friends are kind of brought into this and just kind of trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. And because Serena used to be such a party girl... And because Serena blacked out, she doesn't remember a thing about what happened, She keep, she's maintaining, like, I didn't do this to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to overdose because she had enough drugs in her system to overdose. Mm-hmm. And the nurse or the doctor let her family know that information, um, or at least let her mom know that information. And But because Serena used to be such a party girl, everyone really kind of just assumes that she was so emotionally upset Mm -hmm. the previous episode because a lot of stuff had gotten down between, um, you know, she was trying to choose who she wanted to be in a relationship between 
Nate and Dan, mm-hmm. and there was all this other emotional stuff that was going on for her. Everyone just assumed she was reverting back to her wild party right. ways. Dan is the only one in this episode that believes her and is saying, like, hey, if you say that you didn't do this to yourself, you didn't do this to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust you. So she eventually is non-consensually committed to a mental institution, um, and then Dan kind of breaks her out halfway through the episode and is like, let's run away together, and it's like this whole romantic thing, and then, like, all this drama comes out where everyone, like, finds her and is like, you can't just do that. You can't just (laughs) break her out. Um... And so that's, like, a very sweet kind of reconnection moment between Serena and Dan. Um, And Vanessa, in the midst of all this, Vanessa and Jenny had actually helped Juliet drug Mm -hmm. and kidnap Serena. Yeah, they didn't know that she was going to be drugged. They just, like, went to a party to make it look like Serena was, like, over-drinking and, like, making out with a bunch of people and Mm -hmm. and that. They didn't necessarily know how bad it was going to be, which isn't, it it does not absolve them of any blame. No, but but they weren't trying to physically harm her. They were just trying to embarrass her. Right. Um, and kind of emotionally harm her. Yeah. Which is still bad, like Claire said. But but it's, it's not, like, actually overdosing Exactly. It's not shoving pills down someone's throat. Um, so... All of this is kind of going down, and so Vanessa comes clean, like, hey, some of... Because she's coming at this from the perspective of, like, we humiliated her so much, and we, like, kind of emotionally manipulated her so much that we drove her to this. And so Vanessa comes clean about what she and Jenny and Juliet did to Rufus, who's Dan's dad, and Rufus, who's also Jenny's dad, is like... Jenny, what, what the what fuck? The fuck? <laughs> and so there's this whole like drama between them as well. Um, Blair and Chuck are in this kind of weird situation where like they used to be dating in the previous season, but they broke up for a variety of reasons. And now they're like trying to kind of be friends, but it's really tense and awkward. So that drama is going on. Uh, and Dorota has a baby. And Dorota has a baby. Yeah. And. Nate's dad is in prison. I don't know why I'm so focused on Nate drama, but I love Nate's storyline. Go ahead. I think it's because he's so boring, and this is the only time he's ever interesting in the entire series is on Thanksgiving. He's a piece of paper. Um, So Nate's dad is in jail, and his mom is about to file divorce papers, um, but he convinces his mom to, like, visit his dad in jail, and he's been visiting um, for, like, a little while, like, just trying to rebuild their relationship. And actually, it's not in this episode, but it's later on, um, Nate's dad actually knows Ben, the guy who's in prison, so that's how Serena, like, finds out that that's why Juliet is against her, and, um, so he's sort of instrumental in that plot line, but it comes out a little bit later. Definitely. Yeah. I would say, on the demerit scale, Mm. one major demerit of this episode... Jenny. Well, Jenny, naturally. (laughs) Of course... Just brings every episode down. Yeah. Um, Chuck is in this episode, so that brings the episode up yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it cancels it balances. each other. Yeah, it balances. Um, there's no actual Thanksgiving dinner in this one. It's very frustrating, actually. Yeah. And I originally had ro- rated this one lower, and Elise convinced me, um, primarily because of the relationship that's happening between Dan and Serena. I can be convinced of a good mm. angsting relationship in almost any case. Um... But yeah, I originally rated it lower for that. It didn't feel very Thanksgiving-y. Yeah. It just happened on Thanksgiving. Exactly. Which, honestly, is why this one rated 
not higher on the scale. Yeah. It rated pretty high. Yeah, it I did think well just because of what the it, drama its competition was, there. was. Yeah, its competition was like not quite at the level I wanted it to be at. Um, there was a lot of like backstory and romance, so I mm. think that's why it rated so highly for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have rated higher if I had Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Um, a slight transition, the merit that I think is probably most, um, important to mention mm -hmm. is that Gossip Girl is actually featured in this episode. Gossip Girl usually goes on a hiatus for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving episodes, um, but Gossip Girl actually, like, releases the story of, um, Serena being, um, like, involuntarily held in a mental institution and all about her, um, you know, quote-unquote breakdown yeah. and vendor. And whenever the titular character, Gossip mm. Girl, is in an episode, automatically elevated. Automatically Gossip elevated. Gossip Girl, double merit? Double merit? Double I'll, I'll merit. accept a double yeah. merit. Yeah. Not that any of these rankings of merits really make that much of a difference. No, not at all. I think we really just went on vibe. Yeah, <laughs> like, Did exactly. I like it? Did, did I, I like, like it more than that one? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think we ever counted the merits. No, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't do like, all right, well, like, we're on the scale. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, I will say not a lot of quips, but I do have a favorite quote. Oh, go for <laughs> it. It's towards the end. Like I said, Chuck and Blair have this like weird kind of tension in their relationship. Um, but they kind of figured out that they have to be successful on their own mm -hmm. before they can be together. That wasn't a quote. That wasn't a quote. But it was an idea. Mm. That was expressed. At yeah, the a end. theme. A theme mm. that was expressed at the end. And because Blair at the end is like with Chuck in a limo, and she's like, you know what? I feel like this could work. Like, I feel like we were a little hasty when we were like, we should stay separated. Mm. Like, we shouldn't do this. And then Chuck is like, no, we've made the right call. Oh! Like, I would love to do this with you, but just, I don't think that we can. Like, we yeah. did make the right call before. And it just hurts, and it's so it angsty, and so I love good. it. Oh, their relationship is probably the only relationship where I would accept that level of angst. Because yeah. I'm, I'm very impatient when it comes to, like, romantic plot lines. Mm -hmm. I would like them to get together and be together. Like, that is the goal here. Yeah. None of this will they, won't they. None of this pining for 200 pages or five seasons. But Chuck and Blair is different. I think it's because they give you kind of instant gratification. They do, yeah. Because they're either together, or when they're apart, they're very, like, angrily apart. Mm -hmm. And it takes, like, two or two episodes for them to kiss, or for right. them to, like, have a really tense moment, or have, right. like, a really intense argument. They spoon-feed us content. Exactly. Spoon-feed us content. Exactly. Like, we get enough to keep yeah. us by <laughs> when they're apart. Right. They're yeah. like, they're, you've got, like, an IV, and they're giving you just enough just juice. Just enough. Like, just enough Blair and Chuck juice. Exactly. Me up. <laughs> um, should we go on to second to first episode? Yes, second we best ep. Second, second best, best ep. Epi. Episode. episode. <laughs> Why are we doing that? Gotta. Actually, I want everyone to know. Elise was um vamping because I was writing something down, and I assumed she was trying to give me time to do that. Yeah, I was trying to do it really subtly. It wasn't subtle but in I any guess way. It wasn't. There was no subtlety. <laughs> okay, so in second place, <laughs> the 
episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep you going. really got me. Keep going. So in second place, we have season six, episode eight, entitled It's Really Complicated. Um, the, like, striking point here, Bart Bass is back, baby. Because he he <laughs> left for a little bit. Yeah, how did he leave, Elise? Why don't you let us know? Um, he left. He left. Mm. He was no longer part of the show. Yeah. And then, surprise, bitches, he's part of the show again. So, so what Elise is leaving out, he died. Yeah, he died. He and faked his own back. death. He faked his death. And then they were like, oh, this show's more interesting with Bart Bass. We're just gonna say that he faked it. We're just gonna say, like, Jessica, even though Chuck was canonically there when they, like, pulled the cord yeah. on his life support. Yeah. So don't know what that was and about. I'm, I'm pretty sure they had a funeral where he was, like, in the casket. Yep. Rich people can do that, though. They can fake their deaths <laughs> that well. Got a stunt double. <laughs> so Bart is back, um, and essentially he's, like, taken everything from Chuck, so Chuck had a lot of growth throughout the series, um, and he had, like, built this empire of hotels and club. What are you giggling about? I'm just remembering how <laughs> angsty Chuck was, like, <laughs> over the, like, granted, you're going through, a lot of stuff happened to yeah. Chuck, but he's so angsty. Chuck is, like, okay, so wait, wait, let me finish this thought, and then we'll come back to this. So... Uh, Bart has essentially taken everything from Chuck. He took his entire empire of, like, real estate or whatever. Um, and he's made it very clear that Chuck is not to be with Blair, or he'll take everything from Blair, too. And so, Chuck and Blair cannot be together, even though they love each other so dearly. Um, and Chuck is such a baby about it. I have so many quips just from Chuck being angsty. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, Chuck being in a silk robe <laughs> Like noon, talking to Nate in his hotel, saying he has ruined me. <laughs> or you know when he's curled up in a blanket with the door closed, and his dog named Monkey is like pawing at the door, like crying, like, "Hey, are you good, Dad?" And Nate's like, and Nate comes in and he's like, "Chuck, you know your dog is like really like hurting. Like, are you good?" And, and Chuck's like. I found his cries comforting. <laughs> Chuck, what the fuck? Or like, um, where, where I think it's like Blair or somebody's like, just like move past, move on with your life without Bart. Like you have enough money, you can get started on your own. Just like, don't worry about what he's doing. Focus on yourself. And he says, Chuck says, the problem with putting Bart behind me <laughs> is that then he can stab me in the back. <laughs> Drama level 10? I need you at a 2. No, I need him at a 10. I need him to stay exactly where he is because I love it. Like, if he lived in, what, the 19th century, 18th mm. century, he would live, he would sequester himself away in a castle and have a giant cape and just, yes. just strut around. Yes. Very upset. Very upset. So anyways, Chuck is no longer daddy's special little boy. <laughs> um... Dan is writing and has been writing um, this novel about all of his friends. So he's been releasing chapters uh, about Blair and Nate and, like, basically exposés on their lives, all of the petty things that they do, all of the laws that they break, um, how much he hates all of them. Um, but he recently got back together with Serena, 
Um, and so he had not published anything since then. And he has two things written, two chapters about Serena. And so one of the chapters about Serena is basically how much he loves her, um, how happy he is to be with her, how he's been pining after her since high school. And the second is a scathing article article about how um, conceited she is, how she, you know, abuses her power and her, be- her how beautiful she is to, like, get what she wants out of people. A blonde shell, I think is how A blonde shell, her. yes. Um, and so he, and for some reason Georgina is his editor, for whatever reason. Some wacky <laughs> series of events Circumstance. happens. Circumstance. Yeah. Uh, Georgina, for those of you at home who do not know mm. Georgina, is Serena's ex-party friend, mm-hmm. um, who at some point, like, marries a Russian prince or something for, mm. like, financial stability, but gets really bored being a stay-at-home mom. Right. She gets pregnant by this Russian prince and at some point convinces Dan that it's his baby. Yeah, just for funsies. Just because, like, why not? Yeah. She gets bored. <laughs> and then eventually the Russian prince is like, no. That's my son. That's that's my baby. <laughs> so she goes back to him, and she's so bored being a stay-at-home mom. Yes. Do you know what actually would have helped in that scenario? Mm. Um, is like, a little bracelet that, oh. like, dads could have with their babies so that yeah. um, if, if it goes to the right person, it's, you know, it's, like, a nice lullaby. Yeah. And then um, if it's, like, with the wrong dad, it, there's, like, a... I don't know, like a strident siren sound. I don't think anybody's ever thought of that before. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure I just came up That's with that. That's genius. Let's let's write this down now. Okay, yeah. Can you vamp, actually, while I write it down? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Claire, I just looked this up on Bing. There's, on Bing? There's a podcast episode titled Strident Siren Sound. Do you think that that's the same thing? Do you think it's related? Do you think they talked about it? I doubt it. You know, they probably talk about weird things like Timothy Chalamet and statistics. Yeah, who would ever want to listen to that? Yeah, no one that I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, I'm sorry. Right. (laughs) Um, where was I going with this? Um, so Georgina had convinced Dan that it was his kid, it it was actually the Russian princess. So she's, she just really loves drama. Yeah, which so do we. Oh yeah, absolutely. So anytime she's in town, Mm. she just tries to insert herself into the drama as much as possible. Much like how she just sort of invited herself to the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, in this episode. In this episode. And so she just kind of... Is around. Yeah. For some time. She's whenever, hanging. Whenever she happens to be in town, she's just like, can I, can I please be part of the drama? I, <laughs> I think that's it's a direct quote from her from one of the episodes. Yes, I think so. Can I please be involved in whatever's going on here? <laughs> exact quote. Not even lying. Um, so that's why Regina partially is. Yeah, just so her. she could be involved in the drama. Yeah. Yeah. So they're having arguments about like which chapter Dan should post. Spoiler alert, he posts the scathing one in which he calls her a blonde shell mm-hmm. um, and implies that he only got back together with her so that he would have more material. Um, and then, let's see. So they decide that they're going to have a Friendsgiving instead of like a like a Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But as always happens in these episodes, they just invite random people that they meet, which none of these episodes would have nearly as much drama if they just didn't do that. Just invite the people that are invited. That's it. 
That's it. That's all you have to do. But so, so Lily and Bass are invited, even though Chuck had decided to come. Um, so obviously there's going to be drama there. Um, and then, so Nate had been dating a high schooler for whatever reason. Like we're just making that that happen. Um, and then Serena at the same time that Nate was dating her had been dating her father. Um, Nate's high school girlfriend's dad, who is, I think working at the high school or something. Yeah. He, did, he was doing something or other. I don't know what he does. His name's Stephen. He's very boring. Piece of paper. Piece of paper. Um, so they both get invited. Um, and for some reason, Nate and, and the, the high schooler just like make out in front of Chuck. Because the high schooler's like, Nate, I thought we were here to make out. And so Nate d- does it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's Nate for you. <laughs> and then Serena and Steven get into an argument because Steven's like, why would you go back to Dan? Like, when we were together, you were saying how you're over all of this petty drama. He doesn't actually love you. And Serena's like, I barely remember you. Yeah. dated for, like, a week. But then, of course, when she finds out that Dan wasn't actually with her for the right reasons, she she calls him. Yep. And he doesn't answer, so, like, right on, Steven. Good for you, Steven. Good for you, Steven. Yeah. So that's the main drama, I would say, in that yeah. episode. But I would love to hear if you have additions. That, you definitely covered all of the drama. I will say, after um, all of the, after the negative chapter mm. of Serena is released, Dan has this kind of explosive moment with Serena. Everyone else is kind of aware that yeah. this horrible scathing article had come out because a horrible scathing article, like you said earlier, came out about all of them. Mm-hmm. So they were like, it's only it was only a matter of yeah. time anyway. Inevitable. Um, so it's all them against Dan. And Nate just goes up to Dan and he's just like, one more thing. And just decks him. Pow! Just decks him right, on his right mouth. in the face. And I don't condone violence by any means. But it was pretty but in satisfying. This case, in this case. It was pretty satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Dan was a smug, pretentious asshole for a lot of yes. the latter half of this episode. Yeah. Um, so he really had it coming. He did. Yeah. Go, Nate. Absolutely. All right. Let's see. Um, I think that anytime there is, like, a meta-analysis of a show within the show, it's really fun. When they ever make, when they make, like, cheeky little comments. Yeah. About, like, yeah. It's uh, really interesting how drama seems to happen whenever we invite people that weren't invited to Thanksgiving. Why would you steal my thing from me? Sorry. I, I got excited. I was gonna say that. You can say it again. No, I'm not gonna say it again. Can you say it again? No. You were gonna say it better than I was anyway. So basically at one point... <laughs> Dan um, says to Serena, like... Oh, yeah, I guess we could invite them, but, you know, knowing our track record with Thanksgiving, like, divorces have been filed, emancipations have occurred, you know. And so I thought that was funny. It wasn't it was the same. Fu- it was funny. It wasn't you said it way better no, than I did. You said it way better than I did. Um, a, a, a quip that I enjoyed. Um, I can't even remember who says this, but I wrote it down because I thought it was really funny. Someone asks, um, you know, if the turkey looks good, and the response was, it's a raw turkey. It looks disgusting. <laughs> I don't remember who said that either. I and think they're shopping in the in the bodega, yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Serena, I think, was one of them. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, my favorite quip mm. happens very first line of the episode by Oh my Gossip Girl herself, 
The Gossip Girl? The Gossip Girl. <clears throat> oh, yes. <clears throat> okay, come on. Gobble, gobble, Upper East Siders. That was better. That, that was, was way, way better. better. Yeah, that Thank was really you. good. Good Thank job. You. Yeah. <laughs> so it really, for me, had a lot of the good. All of the dramas were interconnected. Yes. They had a Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. Lots of really good quality dramas. Yes. Yeah. Um, people weren't invited. That just a, happened to be at Thanksgiving. Always which was love always that. Fun. Um, Georgina was there, which is always a good mm-hmm. time. Chuck was there, which is always a good yep. time. Jenny was not um, there. Which is always a good time. Mm-hmm. Lots of quips. Lots of quips. We saw the instatement of, um, a double agent. So, yes. Chuck and Blair are able to convince Lily that Bart killed two people mm-hmm. who were going to essentially reveal evidence that he had, like, stolen millions or something like See, that. that's like, something that was going to get him in trouble. quality of drama. He killed two people. How do you get more than that? <laughs> you're right. No, 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 you're right. You're totally right. Um, but, so... Oh, right. Blair and Chuck are able to convince um, Lily that Bart had killed two people and sort of turn her against him because they had gotten back together after he resumed living, I guess, Mm. um, because she felt that that was the right thing to do. Um, But once she realizes this, she decides to help Chuck take his father down. And who doesn't love Daddy's special little boy taking down Daddy? Love that. Yes. Obsessed with that. Truly cannot get enough of it. I think the the only thing that brings this down mm-hmm. from being number one is how good the best episode was. I agree. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Season three, episode 11. The Treasure of Serena Madre. The best episode of Gossip Girl ever. Hands down, bar none, do not disagree with us. We will block you from listening to the podcast. I don't know how, but we will. Number one enemy of the podcast right there. Anyone who does not agree that season three, episode 11, The Treasure of Serena, Serena Madre, Madre, is the best, best Gossip Girl, Girl Thanksgiving episode. episode. <laughs> you had a lot of adjectives there. I was not prepared for that. I'm so sorry. You did great. Thanks. I'm really proud of I you. I didn't do great. And Aaron Tevita's in this one. Woo! And I love Aaron Look at Tveit. that boy go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aaron Tevita is... I don't... Listen, I'm not a fangirl by uh, any means. Don't um me. Don't um me. <laughs> I'm not a fangirl. I'm not a fangirl. Okay. Except for Aaron Tevita. Mm. Best... He's, his singing is good. His face is good. Just... He is good. He is good. I came within um, sweating distance of him one time. I was next to you, you were actually. Right next so to I was you. also within sweating distance. Yeah, but it was more. But you were a little me. bit closer. I was a little bit. Yeah, closer, you were so a, little a little bit, bit more in sweating distance. I had a little bit more sweat. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of Aaron Tveit's, but he's just yeah, big fan, big fan of that guy. Great, great guy. Anyway, I'm taking away from how good <laughs> season three, episode eleven, the treasure of Serena Madre is. Yes. Um. Just, it, there's so many conflicts in this. There's mm-hmm. so much drama in this. There's so much angst, intrigue, mayhem. Would you like me to go through the list? Yes, and I will I will help you go through the list. So, uh, I have just kind of a, a sketched out list of all of the different dramas here. Uh, do you mind if I just kind of list them out? And then, and yeah, and then we can... 
go in deeper afterwards. Yeah, if we yeah. need to. Um, Dan threesome. Dan brings Vanessa's mom. Trip and Serena. Uh, parentheses conflict between Serena and Nate mm. and Serena and Blair. Mm. Rufus surprise brings Lily's mom to Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. Trip and Maureen, Maureen's trip, uh, and Trip is Aaron Tveit. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Tveit plays Nate's brother, cousin, cousin. cousin. Uh, Maureen is Trip, who's Aaron Tveit's wife. Um, Trip and Maureen go to Thanksgiving together, invited Trip, by Lily. Invited by Lily. Uh, Trip and Serena in a relationship. Nate in love with Serena. Uh, Serena and Trip play grab ass in Chuck's elevator. <laughs> Jenny finds out Eric saboed her cotillion. Eric, I, I have a nice quip from Eric. I'm going to save that. Mm. Hold it back. Stare at each other, commenting little quips. Mm. Everyone's slowly leaving the table as Rufus is trying to tell a Thanksgiving joke. I'm we'll get into that. I'm concerned you're about to leave out the most important thing. Dorota pregnant. Yes. Uh, Maureen and Lily, same coat. Yeah. Uh, Blair thinks her mother is pregnant. Blair thinks her mother is pregnant. Um, Maureen gets tea on Lily. Mm. Unbelievable coincidence. Yeah. What's the most important thing, Claire? Dan Humphrey develops a new face at 19 years old. Dan Humphrey develops a new face at 19 years old. See, I was saving the best for you. <laughs> I am kind. I am considerate. Yes. Oh my god, that touches on all of it. Okay, let's it let's get into it a little bit deeper. So Dan in the threesome, um, he has a threesome with Vanessa, his childhood best friend, and Hilary Duff, um, who plays like a famous actress. I don't remember her name. She was yeah. very Basically Hilary Duff, but like Gossip Girl version. But like Gossip Girl version, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have a threesome together, and then um, Dan's really fucking weird about it afterwards. Really weird about like it. so weird about it. And how, he starts making how, weird faces at Vanessa. Yeah. Brand new face, never before Brand debuted. New face. And the f- new face, quote unquote, is just him like slack jawed, nothing behind his eyes. Yeah. Nothing behind those hazel eyes. Yeah. I have a really funny joke that I want to make about this, oh, and yes. I haven't found a way to just like do it naturally, so I'm going to ask permission. Can I make a funny joke? Yeah, please make a funny joke. Yeah. His name's Dan Humphrey. He's 19, and he learned a new fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good joke. You know, like Jared, 19, and never I, I never fucking learned how to read. read. Yeah. yeah. Like the vine. Like the vine. You're showing your, um, you're millennial, Claire. I'm Gen Z. You're zillennial. Thank you. I am firmly Gen you're Z. You're zillennial. If I'm zillennial, you're, you're zillennial. You're not zillennial. zillennial. You're not, though. Let me have this. I'm zillennial. Okay. Um, so, Jenny at the cotillion was supposed to walk with this guy, like, Grant or something. He's, you know, essentially, like, the Nate Archibald of her year in school. Um, so, like... Super wealthy, old money, everyone loves him, lots of respect, would get her a lot of sort of popularity points. Um, And Eric told that guy not to show up so that he could, like, knock Jenny down a peg. Um, Do you want to, does your quip make sense here, or you want to still save that? Yes, so at the, all of this drama, all the drama that I went through that Claire's getting into, detailing... Um, it all culminates at the Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, at the table. So they're all at the table. They're all, like, kind of looking at each other. That's, mm. They all stare at they're each all other across the, They're all have the little looks. They all look at their respective... They're, do, they're doing they're that, at. like, eye emoji. Yeah, the eye emoji with the look. Looking. We're looking. Um, you can't see it, but we're looking. And so everyone's, like, kind of quipping at each other at the table. And Jenny says something or other, and Eric quips back, 
Well, your sweet potatoes are bland. <gasps> and leaves the table. Oh my god. That's that's pretty brutal. That's devastating. That, she's I, devastated she's right now. She's devastated. I, you can't come back you from that. You don't come back from that. You don't come back from You bring that. up an interesting point. Hmm. That Eric um, says something and then dramatically leaves the table. Um, so the best part of this episode is... Oh, no. <laughs> what? I hate remembering this. It's so sad. What? Are, were you going to bring up Rufus's joke? Yeah. Yeah. I was. so sad. Oh, I think it's hilarious. I don't think it's sad. Oh, please, go ahead. (laughs) So, Rufus is standing up at the head of the table, um, and he starts to tell a joke. And I, you never, like, know what the joke is. It's sort of like the song from season one. Where I'm like, I would love to hear this joke out. I would love to. It's a Thanksgiving-themed joke. Yes. A great joke. So, he's standing at the head of the table, and then all of the drama sort of just comes to a head, and no one's listening to him tell this joke. Well, like, They're all having their feuds with each other, and then they all get other. up, and they leave dramatically. So, like, Lily's mother mentions, like, oh, you had to lie to your husband about me being in remission so that you didn't have to come home, and Lily dramatically gets up and leaves, and Marie- Vanessa's mom is, like- making, like, some comments, and Vanessa's like, what do you know about being a parent? And then she leaves. Yep. Um, Maureen hands um, Serena and Trip a video of them playing grab-ass in Chuck's elevator that Nate had stolen. Yep, yep. Um, and is like, yeah, your relationship is over unless he wants to be a laughing stock. Because he's a congressman. Did we say that? No, I don't think we did. He's a, he's a congressman. So she's, like, threatening to ruin his career. So they get up and, like, leave dramatically. Or I think maybe just Serena does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, like, four people left at the table. Maybe three. Yeah. Not a lot of people left at the table. And Rufus, like, finishes his joke. Nobody laughs. No one laughs. And he's just like, all right, let's let's eat, I, I, I guess. Yeah. And I just feel so bad for him. I think it's hilarious. And the greatest part of all of this is that in the background, while all of this is happening, mm, what, what you, you say? say? Oh, my God, it went well. Well, of course you did. Mm, what you say? It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. truly a work of art. Even if you never watch a single episode of Gossip Girl, watch look up the scene. like mm, what you say Thanksgiving dinner Gossip Season Girl three, episode eleven. The treasure of Serena Madre. Look it up on YouTube. There's clips of it dinner. everywhere. You need to see it. Best moment in trash TV history. Absolute god tier moment. That is why it's number one. Are there other things we want to say about this? I mean, I know we've gone through. I think Vanya and Dorota is such yes. a great, like, comic relief, I yes. guess. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Dorota is really scared to tell Vanya that she's pregnant. Yeah. And, you know, Blair and her mom sort of force her to do it by, like, giving her a plate of food and saying, you have to give this to Vanya. And then she goes downstairs. You can say it. You look so excited to say it. Because Dorota's like, no, no, I'm sure, like, we have this renowned chef in the building. I'm sure he already set down a plate. And he, yeah. Like, he, like, she he has a great roof cook. Like, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not as good as a renowned chef. And, and Blair's mom says, yeah, but this is the plate he wants. 
Because it's from Dorota. It's from Dorota. And she goes downstairs and she gives it and she tells him that she's pregnant. And he doesn't know what to do with the plate because he's so excited. And he he's starts like, jumping up and down. And he just like puts it on the floor so that he can hug her. Yeah. And it's so sweet. Oh, this episode is really like the best combination of drama, suspense, yes. comedic relief, sweet, sour, spicy. It's There's, so good. It has Thanksgiving dinner. It has mm, what you say as the soundtrack yep. to Thanksgiving dinner and all this drama that's going on. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful episode. Yeah. And it so perfectly ties in all of the things that we care about. Like, it's got amazing quips. Mm. Everyone's drama is intertwined with everyone else's drama. Like, I can't think of anyone who has drama with just one single person, you know? Yeah. Like, it's ev- all intertwined. It's all connected. And that's why it has to be at Thanksgiving dinner, because they're all looking at each yes! other and quipping with they're each looking. other. They're looking. And, you know, it has the whole... Just randomly bumping into people and inviting them, which yes. is such a motif and, yes. like, crucial to the true Gossip Girl Thanksgiving. It's just such a good episode. Everything about it is top tier. Yes. So there you have it, folks. The definitive ranking of the Gossip Girl Thanksgiving Day episodes. This is coming to you on Thanksgiving Day. What better way to spend your evening after you have gorged yourself on some amazing food food and you can't do anything because you're so exhausted sit on the couch and watch some gossip girl in order in last place so first off season five does not exist you got there i'm so (laughs) proud of you in fifth place season one episode nine blair waldorf must pie in fourth place Season 2, Episode 11, The Magnificent Archibalds. uh, Third place. Season 4, Episode 10, Gaslit. Second place. Season 6, Episode 8, It's Really Complicated. And rounding us out, best episode of all trash TV history. Season 3, Episode 11, The The Treasure Treasure of Serena Madre. That was really good. That was really good. Good job. Um, At least, do you have anything before we go? I do. So this is kind of a callback before we go to something that you had brought up uh, a couple episodes ago, I think. Oh, great. So it's Taylor's version of Red. Oh, incredible album. I'm so glad you're doing this. Yes. So it just came out, which day exactly did it November 12th. November 12th. Thank you. At midnight. very on point. Oh, I know. My T-Swift trivia. And so as I was flying to Boston just a couple days ago... I listened to the full uh, album of Red, and it's really just, it's just such a good album. It's exactly Stellar. the same. Well, most most of the <clears throat> things were exactly the same. Most of the songs were exactly the same, um, except for one song. Mm-hmm. Well, it's exactly the same, but different. You yeah. Know? It feels more emotional. It feels more mature. Much like the Fearless in a similar way. Yeah. It was like kind of Taylor's version of the songs Grown Up. Same kind of vibe with Red. It was like the same songs but her kind of reflecting on them grown up a little bit. So like the song um The Lucky One. I was gonna vamp. Ah, thank you. <laughs> so like the song The Lucky One was like, really, really good. And so if you're not familiar with the song, it's about um, how this, like, famous star is getting replaced by all of these, like, new kind of popular, fresh artists. 
and like what do you do when you're kind of the old flame that's dying out and since taylor's kind of been experiencing that where like everyone's like oh interested in like the hot new thing whoever's the hot new artist and like she's kind of like not necessarily old news but that's like more she's transitioned from being like the hot young artist to being kind of like the one who's been around the block a little bit the lucky one has shifted perspective in my opinion from like she's telling the story of this older artist who's like since moved on from Hollywood, moved on from like the flashy lights of New York and is now like kind of living in Madison Square or whatever the song says it's from. And so now she is that older, like she's not that old, but she's like kind of that more experienced person reflecting on like, I used to be so like bright eyed and bushy tail and now I'm like, an experienced member of Hollywood that I'm like trying to get out of this lifestyle and it's really interesting and it's really good mm. um but yeah so I I very much enjoyed listening to it so thank yeah. you for the suggestion Claire. I also really enjoyed listening to it um one of the songs that she released like because with all of the re-recordings she releases um, like vault tracks, like songs that didn't make it onto the original album. And so she released a 10 minute version of All Too Well. And there's actually also a Sad Girl Autumn version of the 10 minute version of Very All Too good. Well, which is, in my opinion, the better version. I agree. Um, but what I really like about that version of All Too Well is that, like, Taylor Swift is no longer, like, upset about the breakup that Red was originally written about and that All Too Well specifically was written about. It doesn't bother her anymore. She's with the love of her life. She's moved on. What bothers her is that this individual is still out there dating women who are significantly younger than him. Who's this individual? Jake fucking Gyllenhaal. Take a shower. Take a shower, buddy! <laughs> Anyways, um, she's angry that he's still dating women who are half his age, um, and I've seen her get a lot of criticism of, like, Taylor, you need to just, like, move on, it's not that big of a deal, you dated for three months ten years ago, and, like, yeah, she's not upset about that. She released it because she wanted to own her music, and she did the 10-minute version because he's dating children still. Yep. Take him down a peg. Take like, him down a couple pegs, You're allowed yeah. to, like, shame bad men. That's yep. allowed. Yep. And you should, quite frankly. Yes! Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a fantastic album. I loved the vault tracks. I didn't really like the vault tracks on Fearless, if I'm being entirely honest. I only liked one or two of them. Yeah. I same. love the vault tracks on Red. I think I they're so good. Particularly really liked uh, I Bet You Think About Me, which is featuring Chris Stapleton. I don't know if it's Yes. yes. No, I love that song. I wasn't sure because I've been in kind of like a more southern vibe yeah. kind of music lately. And Chris Stapleton is like definitely a country singer, and so I don't, I didn't know if that's why I was into yeah. it. I'm glad to hear you no, really liked it so too. No, it's so good. Yeah. And interestingly, um, the music video for that song was directed by Blake Lively, really? who plays Serena. Serena, awesome <laughs> girl. Awesome girl. Thank you. I couldn't think of her name for whatever reason. <laughs> You're all good. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a little really cool. connection there. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have anything before you go? I do, actually. Does it have any connection to what we were just talking about? Yeah, Blake Lively stars in the movie that I want to talk about. <laughs> I love Blake Lively. She just, she can really She's do it all. She's a god. I love this woman oh, so much. Amazing. She's incredible. Um, okay, so I, my before we go is Age of Adeline, which is a movie, it is a movie that was released in 2015. Um, it's about a woman named Adeline who was born in 1908 and lived a pretty standard life. 
Um, and she gets into a car accident when she's 29 years old. And it's sort of like Manifest, where you know how, like, the airplane survived the crash on Manifest because of some weird weather thing that was happening? Yeah, like one in a billion chance. Yeah, it's sort of the same thing, how they explain it, where there was lightning at the exact right moment, and because it was snowing, blah, blah, blah. Like, she ends up dying and then coming back to life, and the way that it happened changed her DNA so that she never ages again. Um, which is terrible. So she doesn't notice right away. She just thinks that she's aging really well, and she has a daughter, and eventually it gets to the point where people start to think, oh, that's not your sister? And not in a, you know... Being flattering kind of way. Right, in a, like, genuinely you look like you're the same age as your daughter, and I've aged 30 years. That's weird. weird, yeah. And so eventually some people from the FBI try to, like, track her down and essentially kidnap her. And she's able to escape. And so from that point on, she decides that she needs to be on the run. People can't find out that she's not aging because she doesn't want to be, like, a test subject. So she lives for over 100 years just forming no relationships with people. She stays in touch with her daughter, which is super sweet. And her daughter is this, like, really old woman... You know, she's still, like, taking care of her daughter. It's very sweet. Um, Even though she, like, looks 29. Yeah. Um, And she has one other friendship with a blind woman who can't tell that she's not aging. Um, And so there's actually a funny point um, where they're, like, at a party together and her friend is like, how come we always get hit on by the young guys when you're with me? And it's because she looks like she's 29. (laughs) Even though, like, she's supposed to be 60 or something. Yeah. Um... So she goes to a New Year's Eve party with that friend, and she sees this guy across the room, and they make eye contact, and then she sees some girl come over to him, so she, like, turns away. Um, And then eventually, at the end of the night, she leaves, she gets in the elevator, and someone sticks their hand in the elevator and pries it open so that they can ride the elevator with her. And lo and behold, it's the guy she made eye contact with. And he says something along the lines of, like, oh, that'll teach me not to, like, stick my hand where it doesn't belong. And she says, something tells me that you're not going to change. And so they, like, flirt a little bit. He's clearly trying to pick her up. She's clearly trying to maintain distance, as she does with everybody in her life. Um, And so she, like, keeps trying to leave. And eventually he's like, how do I contact you? And she's like, you don't, essentially. Um... So they move on, but then the next day she goes to work, um, she works at a library, and it turns out he's on the board at the library. So he finagles his way into a date with her, um, and, you know, I'll cut to the chase now, but essentially he is super in love with her, falls very quickly, and she really does the same and falls for him so quickly, but of course she's trying to maintain that distance so that she doesn't have to... um, you know, like, break up with him or break his heart or break her heart. Um, and so you see, like, them sort of going at these two different goals of, like, I want to be with her. I can't form an attachment with him. Um, and there's some people in his life that maybe relate back to a previous life of hers. And she has to come to terms with her reality and, oh, it's just such a sweet, like, romance story and I think Blake Lively is a fantastic actress and it's so good and I highly recommend everybody watch it. 
good it sounds like a very good movie to like it's cold outside cozy mm-hmm. up with some cocoa put yes. on your, like your your sweatpants yes. your, like you know coziest sweater and just like put it on just know that your expectations for love will never be the same again <laughs> that is a risk you have to to assume when you watch this. i would assume that gladly <laughs> but yeah highly recommend age of adeline you can watch it on hulu fantastic yeah. thank you Alrighty, folks, that's all we've got for you. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your Gossip Girl. Watch season three, episode 11. Then right after that, watch Age of Adeline. (laughs) Alright, folks. Gobble, gobble, Upper East Siders. Gobble, gobble, Upper East Siders.